and the Oilers have a shorthanded breakaway. Zach Hyman for the lead, shoots and scores! Edmonton four, Calgary three! Dreisaitl breakaway, behind the norm, shoots and scores! Back-to-back breakaways, Dreisaitl from Mike Smith, and it's 5-3 for the Oilers in game two! Two breakaway goals, 2-22 apart, and the Oilers win game two. 5-3, the final in Calgary, and the series is tied 1-1. Thanks a lot for staying up with us tonight. Into the long weekend we go. It is almost Saturday, 11.58 p.m. on Friday, and this series is shaping up to be a very, very good one. Once again, Calgary getting an early lead, 2-0, 6-0-2 in the game. The Oilers able to come back. They were down 3-1 early in the second period. McDavid scored a beauty. Bouchard tied it on the power play late in the second, and then those two goals in the third to tip the scales in the Oilers' favor. Reed Wilkins along with Rob Brown for Heartland Ford overtime open line. Rob, man, oh, man, uh, entertaining game so much back and forth clear hatred between the two teams of uh, high event hockey for sure and ultimately two of the Oilers top guys Hyman and Dreisaitl will get great a scoring opportunities and they finish yeah it's in a game that uh you weren't expect. I mean we were expecting these to be close and we were expecting there to be chances but I don't know if I was expecting there to be the high quality opportunities that the Oilers are getting uh, multiple breakaways, grade A scoring chances. Uh, I, I mean, I know Markson let in five, but I mean, he was left alone a number of times. And the Calgary Flames are supposed to be a very good defensive team, and they are a good defensive team, but we haven't seen that through the first two hockey games, and the Edmonton Oilers take advantage of that. Uh, the Calgary Flames are supposed to be a, a discipline team, not so much in the first two games. And tonight, the discipline, to me, was the biggest right reason that the Edmonton Oilers were able to take advantage of Calgary is Calgary took silly penalties at inopportune times. But the Edmonton Oilers said they were going to come out with a better effort. They said they were going to be more physical. They said they were going to play smarter. And Mike Smith said he was going to have a much better hockey game. All those came true tonight, and that's why the Edmonton Oilers are going back to Edmonton, tied 1-1. Okay, to the Saddle Dome. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Can you just describe the number of different ways that your team had market improvement tonight? Well, I, first of all, I thought we deserved to win the game tonight um, based on hard effort alone. That uh, we paid the price uh, required uh, to win a game in the second round. Um, our competition level was excellent. Our execution um, level uh, coming out of our own end was very good. Uh, we found a way to score, uh, win the special teams battle. I mean, we scored uh, a power play goal. We scored a shorthanded goal. Some of the goals that we gave up were we were a little bit victim of circumstance, two broken sticks, um, face-off coverage we'd like to have back. But uh, in the end, I thought um, our, to a man, everyone was more competitive, and uh, we found a way in a tough environment to score seven goals. Um, you know, in, in, on the road and in, in a tough building, we two of them got called back, of course, but we found a way to score seven, um, and uh, we cleaned up a lot of things defensively. So it's uh, it's um, good sign for our group as we move forward. Sorry, they just blew the whistle too quickly on the Hyman goal. I think uh, the way it was explained to me is the referee lost sight of the puck. You mentioned better defensively. What allowed you guys to better manage their forecheck and relieve some of that pressure? 
Well, without getting into too many uh, trade secrets or anything like that, I just thought we worked back to our end uh, in a in much more um, disciplined fashion. Uh, I think there were things we wanted to do on our breakouts that we were able to accomplish. I thought uh, this morning we talked about the ratio of breakouts to D-zone coverage. I thought it was way more into the number where we wanted it to be. When we did defend, uh, I thought we were harder. We didn't spend as much time in our own zone, and that's a credit to the work ethic of uh, everyone on the ice. And, and when we needed him, Mike Smith was there. How do you lean on a guy like Duncan Keith and his experience in a game like this? Yeah, I think uh, if you know Duncan, which I'm sure you do, uh, you know, his his personhood or his presence comes through in big moments and sometimes it's um, something as simple as going by uh, the bench uh, during a TV timeout and just saying, hey, we got this, take a deep breath and uh, we're good to go here. Or sometimes it's making the big play at the right moment and, um, you know, I can't say enough about Dunks. His resume is Hall of Fame worthy and uh, he'll be there one day but uh, in terms of his um, ability to pass on his experiences to our group can't say enough how about the way mike battled there after yeah i thought mike was excellent today just uh you know uh, someone who as i said when we broke down made the big save uh, when we needed it um you know you talk about someone with a unbelievable resume uh, and great experiences to pass on to his teammates you know he's one of our leaders as well he doesn't wear an a but you know he's one of our leaders jay in round one you talked about little investments to win hockey games yeah. tonight your team stuck with it can you speak about your team's willingness to stay with it even though some of the things that happened or transpired in the game didn't really go your way yeah. early on yeah well, i mean we had some things not go our way today and uh but i think it speaks to the resiliency and resolve of our group it's something that we've been working on for the last three months um, the ability um, to stick with it um, I think if you walked in our room you'd find a group of men that are wholly sure of our message wholly sure of our game plan wholly sure of what it takes to win come crunch time and we have a belief we didn't feel that we played to that uh, standard in game one we knew we had better tonight we had better and uh, you know normally I say I'm going to enjoy it for 10 minutes but it's so late at night right now uh, we're going to work to get on the plane as quick as possible get up north and and uh, prepare for game number three excellent excellent yeah yeah we talked about that this morning, just uh, his measure of physicality uh, that he plays with, his fearlessness to go to hard areas, um, the way he makes people around him better. Um, but what I saw was a leader who, when the game was on the line, was prepared to be in a shooting lane. Um, you know when you know when goalies pulled and we're killing penalty and you know he was he was out there for a reason and he put his body on the line so that we would win and that type of self-sacrifice is what it takes to win come this time of year. What do you think of your first year at the power play? Were you happy with a lot? Because you got a lot of good looks. Yeah. And just no finish. Yeah, I thought we thought our power play 
as a whole scored a goal, a huge goal for our team. I thought that unit created numerous good looks. It didn't go in the net uh, for that group. Uh, but what it did was it sapped uh, and made their penalty killers play big minutes because we were in their end a lot. And it's hard when you're trying to defend those five guys on the ice. I mean, they can zip it around um, really well. And as I said, them, the power play scoring a goal was a big reason why we were able to get seven past their goalie in their building. You've talked lots about you want to focus on what you do. You really seem to do a good job of eliminating their defense through the neutral zone tonight. Mm -hmm. What was that change? What did you like about that? It just, they just weren't as engaged or involved. I just think our assignment coverages were so much better than uh, we were last game. You know, last game was a tough one to evaluate. If we would have been skating at our level and um, doing the things that we wanted to do and we got beat, then I would tip my, our hat and we would go back to the drawing board in terms of you know tactics and stuff the, the Calgary Flames are who the Calgary Flames are they're not catching us by surprise we know exactly what they want to do for us and where we put a lot of our focus on is on our execution our understanding of coverages our work back to our own end and uh, we felt we had much better than we showed in game one we showed it here in game two but as I said this game's over we're ready to move on to game number three Surprised, for lack of a better word, is just how much Connor just continues continuously elevates this game. Mm -hmm. What do you think about about that? Like, is, is there anything surprising you about how what he's doing? Well, I think Connor's the best hockey player in the world. He's willing to pay a price to win. He's driven to win. He has an effect on everybody in our organization with that desire uh, to take his game to the next level. The way this guy's playing right now, it, it's special. And, um, you know, he's, he's driving our team forward. We got a lot of really good efforts from a lot of people tonight. Uh, but certainly uh, the way Connor's playing is very inspiring. Can you explain the decision to put uh, Holloway and, and Proberg into the warm-up, rather, just giving them a... You're asking me about two players who got the warm-up yeah, tonight? Yeah. Um, I know it's a, <laughs> after that game out there? Yeah, we'll Holy cow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, those two players are part of our team, and they are, um, you know, they're young players. We thought it would be a great experience for them. And, um, you know, especially in this building. Um, and we felt they were ready for it. That's why we did it. How close are they ready to take in the next? Game? I think you know we have a lot of really good available players to our, uh, that we can draw from, and uh, certainly those two are part of that group. Good, thanks, guys. I know. Thanks. That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 5-3 win in Calgary. The best of seven is tied 1-1. Back at Rogers Place Sunday night at six. Uh, I am in Rogers Place. Rob, what a crowd for the watch party, and they're just going to keep getting bigger as the Oilers go along. And what was really cool, I, I watched the game on the because we got a big screen here in the booth, as you know. And uh, the, the, the even though the scoreboard is huge, it's still a little too far away for me. Uh, and my feed was about three or four seconds ahead of the scoreboard feed. Oh. So it was pretty cool <laughs> that the, you know, the Oilers would score, and then I would be like, oh, when's the roar coming? And, and people were, were really excited, uh, you know, cheering every clear and tip pass on a couple of the penalty kills in the third period. So the Oilers were able to figure it out tonight. And... Uh, Woodcroft was asked about Duncan Keith, who, uh, yeah, a bit of a mix-up there on one of the Calgary goals against, but he winds up with three points this evening. Well, we, we've seen before with Duncan Keith where if things have gone sideways for him, he brushes it off. 
And the, the first goal was sideways. Both him and Bouchard made big, major mistakes on that. Yeah, but when you're a guy that's been around forever with the resume that Duncan Keith has, it doesn't bother you. You go back to the bench, you, you tell yourself inside your head to smarten up, and then you go out next shift and you've forgotten all about it. And I think that's what, when you talk about veteran savvy or when you, you pick up a guy at the deadline that's got a little bit of experience, that's why you're picking him up because the moment doesn't get too big to you, big for him. When things go wrong, yeah, it, it, you, you've been there before. You know how to get through it. You know, okay, there's that big mistake I was going to have. Well, it's gone now. Let's go out there and correct it. And he was very good in this game. And it all it started for him, in all honesty, with a little bit of nastiness in the first game when he went after Lindholm. And Lindholm eventually took the penalty, uh, where, but it was a cross-check by Keith that start, initiated that whole play. And that's gamesmanship. And I think that's the one thing that, when if you were a Chicago Blackhawk fan for years, you saw that in Duncan Keith. He had a nastiness about himself when it came to playoff hockey. And you saw a little bit of that tonight. So uh, you need players that have been there before just to help guide you. And most teams at the deadline, good teams, they're not looking for someone to change their hockey club. They're looking for someone to help guide their hockey club and help them through tough times. And I think Duncan Keith coming to the Edmonton Oilers, that's what Ken Holland was looking for. We've got the stars here. We don't need more stars. We need more guys that can show us how to play the proper way, show us how to win the proper way. And Duncan Keith, that's why he's here. Duncan Keith, the fourth star of the game for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinel.ca. The three stars in order, McDavid, Hyman, and Goudreau as the Oilers take it 5-3. Wouldn't be a playoff game or a Battle of Alberta game without a little controversy. Both teams had a goal disallowed on plays, Rob, in which it appeared the whistle should not have been blown. Yeah, it's funny. After we talked about the Oilers one, and we I said that the referee was in the wrong position or was too far away he couldn't see and I, I know that anyone that has watched a lot of hockey over the years has seen games where you, the, the referee behind the net is on the net and he's lifting himself up looking straight down or he's, he's trying to get involved in the play so that he doesn't make the, the wrong call and on both those non-goal calls tonight when they're showing the video you don't see the referee at all and of course you're going to lose sight of the, the puck I mean, it's a very small puck in the middle of a lot of really big men that if you are not within a foot or two of that net, you're never going to find it. And you could see the frustration with the Calgary Flames on theirs. I mean, that would have been a big goal at that time. And it should have been a goal because the puck wasn't covered, but the ref was not in the right position. So this was a game that, not to be critical of the referees because the better t the right team won, and I'm not to be critical because it was against Edmonton. I think the referees had a tough game both ways. I think there was two goals that should have been counted. I think there were some penalties that the referees uh, were, again, on the wrong side making the calls, that if they would have seen it on the other side, they would have noticed, okay, he threw his head back. It really didn't touch him. Or that really wasn't a, a cross-check. That was a love tap compared to what else was going on. So uh, this wasn't a, a well-refed hockey game but it was equal to both teams, and the Edmonton Oilers were the better hockey club, and they got the big win. And the Japanese Village goal light is on, this time in victory for the Oilers. Whenever they score five or more, we turn that on on 630Ched.com. Head there now. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. 
Okay, we're going to get more post-game reaction for you, and uh, your reaction is welcome. Thanks for staying up. If you want to give us a buzz, it's 780-496-0063. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Back in a couple of minutes with more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. To Mangiapane, and then it's crossover to Gerbranson. Final minute, second period. Mangiapane breaks loose of Yesapuliarvi. Backdoor, what a Hey, Mike Smith, he robbed Blake Coleman. A tremendous stop. Mike Smith, his save of the game for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface Smith, the winning goaltender tonight. 5-3 the final. The Oilers beat the Calgary Flames. The series is 1-1. Shots were 40-40, so 37 saves for Smith, 35 for Markstrom. How about this? The Calgary Flames have lost 13 straight game twos. How do you explain that? Because that goes back to 2004, so that's at least a couple generations of players up. I mean, that's just a weird stat. And, uh, and the uh, Rob, I, I will say this. I, I would like to see what the Oilers could do if they were even even after six minutes. Uh, in game one, they trailed 3-0, 6-0-5 into the game. Tonight, they trailed 2-0, 6-0-2 into the game. It, it's funny that over my years playing, it, you always want to get off to a good start. But sometimes getting a, a bigger lead too early in a hockey game, it just changes the way both teams play. All of a sudden, the Oilers start playing with a little, a bit of reckless abandon, and and it start, you know, throwing caution to the wind. And the team that gets the early lead, they kind of back off because they they try to sit on it. And we saw that the Edmontoners just they started pushing and getting better. And the Calgary Flames started to, uh, you know, watch the clock and hope it, hope that the things started going going better. So it's just let's get this over. We got the lead. Let's not. And they didn't play as they didn't push as much. Uh, and then also moments in the game where the, the game can change. Uh, Backstrom, or sorry, Backlund has a breakaway early in this hockey game to extend the lead. He doesn't get a shot on net. And that's one of those moments where you're on the bench and you're like, that's our break, guys. That's the chance. That's what we needed. And, and you you, you, the, you get charged up by that on the bench. And you come out the next shift, just, you start pushing. Like, okay, th- things are going to go our way now. There's the, there's the break that we needed. And the Calgary Flames are sitting there going, oh, if that would have gone in. They just, it, it would have, there, there was a bit of a sag. And the other just got better as the game went on. They, from about eight minutes into the game to the end of the game, they were by far the better hockey club and deserving of that, that victory. So uh, you and I sat on the, on the radio the other night and we listened to a lot of unhappy people and a lot of people that wanted to make big changes. And I think tonight just reiterates that this is a good hockey club that will have nights that they don't win, but you stick with them. You stick with Mike Smith. You stick with the players in the lineup, the ones that are doing what they need to do. They don't need guys from the AHL coming up and helping this hockey club. They've got the ability here to beat the Calgary Flames. Now, again, they're not going to win every game, and the Calgary Flames are going to give them a series. But we got to remember that this team has been fantastic since Jay Woodcroft took over, and tonight was another example of it. So a 5-3 victory, that's a $500 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They've been given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long, and the playoff total now $3,800. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Andrew standing by. Andrew, go ahead. 
Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Um, so what a what a big difference tonight. But uh, my main question, I got I got two questions. Um, my main question is, uh, what what is the psychology that goes behind the starts? Like the starts are just they're it's it's brutal, especially for for a, a battle of Alberta. You think the team would just be fired up? Like I don't know if it's they're too fired up and they just can't handle it. But Mike Smith really settled in there and he looked solid. But like the start was just it just wasn't what you think it would be. And uh, my second thing is. What's the thought process of not putting Bouchard on the top power play unit? Um, minutes, I think, big time. I, I think that they, they have him penalty killing. He plays five on five. If you put him out on the power play, well, all of a sudden his minutes are going to get too high and maybe he's not as effective a hockey player. Um, he's got the ability with his shot and it's obvious. And I think he actually passes up too many times. I think on the second unit tonight, he had a couple opportunities to throw the puck on net again, and he passed to Keith. So I think one of them is they don't want too many minutes, and two is they want to have a second unit. And I think that we saw tonight the, the second unit scored a goal. He was the one that scored it. Uh, in the playoffs, Connor McDavid's going to play a lot of minutes, and I don't think they want him playing the full two minutes on power plays. They need a second unit that can be effective, and one of the reasons they've got Evander Kane out on their second unit. So they want to be able to get him ice time and playing with good players. So now you've got a Kane and at Bouchard, two guys that are capable of being first power play guys on your second unit. And tonight, the second unit got a huge goal for them. As for starts, I thought I didn't, <laughs> the Oilers didn't get the didn't get the uh, results they wanted in their start tonight because the Calgary Flames did score the two goals. But to me, it was they didn't start as poorly. One was a, a broken stick that caused a goal, and then the other one was just a t- total mess up by Bouchard and Keith. But there, I don't believe their their start was as poor as the score indicated. Whereas game one, their start was atrocious. Yeah, probably should have been worse <laughs> in game one. Yeah. I, I set the line, speaking of starts, at one and a half for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. First period goals by the Flames. So it was over. Adam took the over. He gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Oilers come from behind, though, to win at 5-3. Zach Hyman had the game winner shorthanded on a breakaway. Here he is. He's, you know, pushing himself, and I said it before, you know, when you're the best, it's it's easy to be comfortable and, and you know, because guys are chasing you, but it's hard to keep pushing and keep challenging yourself, and he's a guy who wants to win more than anybody, so you're seeing him, you know, push himself, push our team, and, and those are the results. Just given that we're only a couple games into the second round, you must be pretty excited for what's come next if, <laughs> if he keeps doing that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you got to stay off the roller coaster, right? So, I mean, when you win a game, you, you're feeling great, and when you lose a game, you're feeling terrible and it's it's uh it's easier to prepare when you lose because you don't want to have that feeling when you win you got to reset and and have that mindset you know you have that hunger that you don't want to lose so um i think you know for us and you know for connor he just stays even keel it's not nothing nothing phases him nothing you know he's just he's just connor he's humble and just goes about his day from your own perspective, from the broken stick to the disallowed goal to the shorthanded goal that it, you just talked about an emotional roller coaster, was it a game where you sort of had to persevere to get some luck? Yeah, I mean, my stick broke on the first goal. Uh, you know, got a goal call back. Leo got a goal call back. I mean, I think they got one if he won call back too, so they had one there. But um, you just got to keep working. It's the playoffs. It doesn't matter. All that matters is you get the, the win, right? And I think. Uh, we did a good job in just battling. We're down two goals there uh, early in the second. 
uh, off a too many men penalty, and then you know we just worked. Can you talk about Duncan Keith's game and just the experience of a guy who you know, really elevated his game at a, at a time when you guys really needed it? Yeah, just unfazed. I mean, that's a guy who, when you talk about somebody who's seen it all, um, has done it all, you know, <laughs> whatever defenseman award you want to say, he's, he's won it, right? I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer, and that's a guy that I think was brought in to calm the group and, and you know, in times that uh, things aren't going well. And I think that, you know, he's a big voice in the locker room and settling us down and um, and then obviously stepping up today, huge goal, and just making plays, being strong defensively, and, you know, he's got a lot to give. Goal. He's supposed to have a bad leg. He looked like he had a bad leg. Is he going to score that goal? <laughs> I don't know if he had a bad. I don't know. He, I mean, he's an elite player. He's able to score and just um, made a great play. And, and that was a huge goal for us in insurance goal. What did you think of the noise the Oilers fan for making here? It's awesome. Can't wait to get back home. It's going to be rocking. It's going to be loud, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a madhouse in here on Sunday night. Zach Hyman's post-game comments for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. I, I thought Hyman had a good game. I, I know he had the, the tough uh, stick break on the one Calgary goal in the first period, Rob. But he was, I mean, he was looking for pucks down the middle. He had a couple near breakaways. Uh, he did have a breakaway in the second period that he was stopped, and then that one shorthanded. Nuge taps it up. Breakaway from inside his own blue line, that's a long way to go, but a perfect shot. It, it, yeah, it was. And just let me put it, he's one of my favorite players to watch. I mean, the work ethic, the attention to detail, the doing all the little dirty things and getting it done, and then finally getting rewarded uh, for, for being in the right place. Um, he was excellent. And... Connor McDavid is going to be Connor McDavid every single game. I think we've finally got to to realize that there's there's no game that's too big for him. And sometimes he's just bigger than the game. But you're going to need other players to step up at different moments because there's going to be Calgary is a good hockey club. If the Oilers are fortunate enough to get by them, the next hockey club they play is going to be even better than Calgary. So they need players to step up. And tonight one of the players was Zach Hyman. And he just... he. He puts himself in a position to have success. And he puts himself in that position through hard work and understanding the game. And a uh, huge goal for him again tonight, just like the two that he scored last game. This is a, a player that they brought in because they needed someone to step up at playoff time to play the proper way, to play a physical style, to understand that playoff hockey is different than regular season hockey. And... He's been everything they had hoped to hope for and not more. He's a guy that can drive his own line. And I think that is huge right now when you're putting Leon up with Connor. So now you don't feel that you're there's a huge drop off because you got a guy like Zach Hyman that can play up and down the lineup and that line will be better. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Well, this will be fun. We got Chris from Phoenix checking in tonight. Chris, go ahead. Hey, boys, so I'm going to make a prediction for Monday. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to call in, uh, call in sick to work on Monday. Um, there's nothing sweeter than a playoff victory. And I, I've watched the Oilers for a long time, and I can name a bunch of them that, that were sweet from, from back in the, in the 90s and the, in the dog days of the 90s where we were always the underdog and playing the Colorados and the Dallases and all that stuff to the 06 run where we were pretty much the underdog the whole time and we won. As, as sweet as those victories were, there's nothing sweeter than beating the Flames. Like, I love it. Just, just well, I think my neighbors think I'm crazy or something because I was screaming my head off 
and and watching Hyman uh, score that goal and then Leon scoring that goal. And I, I unfortunately have um, uh, I have to watch it on ESPN. So you know, listening to the ESPN guys uh, in in the intermission and they're just like fawning over over uh, Connor and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, we're we're spoiled. We've got to watch this kid for the last you know, few years here, and he just seems to turn it up and turn it up. And there is like, there's no, what is the feeling with this guy? He can, he just, he just keeps on going higher and higher. I remember, I remember falling asleep during the, the draft lottery, not expecting us to, to get Connor and seeing a text from Taylor Hall saying, pass me the puck, you know, and I, I went nuts. And then you throw in Leon and we've got Leon who's playing on literally a half a leg or whatever he's got going on there. And, and he's just busting his tail out there and, this is exciting boys and uh just think about it we are coming back to edmonton tied 1-1 as my uh one of my favorite wrestlers rick flair would say let's go oilers (laughs) all right that's always love chris's energy well mcdavid was spectacular rob and i can see why when he's on a national broadcast especially in the u.s that's all they talk about we've sort of gotten used to it i mean he's had two or three point nights where we've hardly talked about an overtime open line because you get used to it but his presence was spectacular and his individual playmaking to to keep plays alive and set up teammates was spectacular chris said what's the ceiling with the guy i'm sure if you ask Connor mcdavid that his ceiling is he wants to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, he knows if he gets more points and goals and it helps, but that's ultimately what he's after here. Well, it's funny you say that, but I don't think his ceiling is to win a Stanley Cup. I think his ceiling is to win multiple Stanley well, we Cups. Well, let's get one first. Let's get <laughs> through this round first. Yeah, but you asked for a ceiling. I'm saying, okay, the ceiling's a little bit higher than that. Um, I, I, I enjoy watching sport any sport I, I i love watching the best go against the best and i can watch any sport and enjoy it and one of the things i love about watching sport is watching the best do what they do it, it, whether it be messi in soccer or davies from canada in soccer if i watch basketball i love watching curry um uh, when it comes to baseball i love watching the best ba- baseball pitchers i'll call my wife and you got to watch this this guy's going to be in the hall of fame once just watch a couple pitches so someday you can say you saw him and I think that's what it's like when you watch Connor McDavid, because when you watch him, you see something different every single time. And you see a guy that when he's playing, and this is the hard thing for opposition players, he, the opposition player is doing the right thing. He's in the right position. He's got the, the he's got a stick in the right place. He's reading it right, yet he still can't stop him. And that is so demoralizing for a player. If I'm going up against someone, okay, did everything right? Okay, he just went by me and scored. I'm like, I can't do anything better. I've I've reached my ceiling, and my ceiling doesn't allow me to play one-on-one against him. And we saw a great example in the LA series when Connor went against Dustin Brown late in the game. Dustin Brown's like, okay, yeah, I got to get out of this league. This is my last game because I can't deal with someone like this. And that's what we see with Connor McDavid. And that's what we've seen over the last four games with Connor McDavid. He's he was the the best player in in the world for the last number of years. Yet he's taken it to a different level. So how do you compete against the best player in the world when he set he goes to a, a, the bar is even higher and you're like okay well we can't put one guy on him we're gonna have to put two maybe even three but Connor McDavid's so good that if you start overloading on him he'll find that one guy that you just left and now his teammate will have an opportunity so uh, tonight 
and I said it earlier in the game, and I probably said it last game too, the Calgary Flames try to survive every time Connor McDavid is on the ice. They try to survive that shift to live another shift. And they're having a hard time right now keeping their head above water when he's out there because he is playing that good. Yeah, McDavid, outstanding tonight all around the ice, creating everything in the offensive zone and leading the Oilers to a 5-3 victory over the Calgary Flames. You will hear from Connor McDavid and, of course, more of your calls as we move along. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Center ice, McLeod. Dishing, Kane. McLeod off the boards, Bouchard. McLeod lets it go through, Evander Kane. Left circle, Keith. Open man, Bouchard winds, fires and scores. And this game is tied exactly one second before the first of those two minors against Stone for the high stick. So the Oilers have tied it, and now they can take their first lead of the series. Evan Bouchard, power play goal late in the second period. Oilers one for six with the man advantage. Calgary one for five. The power play update for Shield Foundation Repair. Fix your foundation today with safe and effective repairs. Visit shieldfoundationrepair.ca. The uh, power plays were lopsided in favor of uh, the Oilers. Rob, going to the third period. I know I heard Stoff talking about it. Uh, Expect Calgary to get a power play. Well, Calgary got three power plays in the third, Edmonton got the game-winning goal on uh, the second one, the Fogel slash. Uh, Kane got a cross-checking penalty early in the third. The Oilers killed it off, and then it was still dicey at the end. 3-12 left in the game. Nuge got a penalty for slashing Anderson. Calgary pulled the goalie, had a six-on-four skater advantage. The Oilers killed that one off as well. Okay, well, we may not have Rob. Hopefully, he's still up. Uh so- Oh, here I he is. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> I just had, I had really good insight there for a second, just nobody could hear it. Um, no, the penalty killing was excellent for the Oilers again. Uh, specialty teams and good goaltending go a long way. And tonight they got both. Uh, they got good specialty teams. They got a big power play goal, the big shorthanded goal. Smith was good. But it, we talked about it at the end of the second period that the way things are going, Calgary's going to get their chance on the power play. And it's funny. And this, and I go back to the way the game was ref. There were some calls that probably should have been called earlier. It's funny, Zach Hyman hammered the stick of Zadorov out of his hand that created a great scoring chance for Pugliarvi, no call. And then the two slashes on Fogel and Nugent Hopkins, I mean, I'm like, ooh, those aren't very good. And unfortunately, for, for it's, sometimes that's the way it goes in games where you're like, okay, we've given one team six. And I know they're not supposed to do that, but refs always do that. Uh, but the others had to they had to overcome. You know, if you get power plays, eventually you're going to have to kill. And what we've seen throughout this season is in big moments, especially under Woodcroft, the penalty killing has come up with huge kills. And Smith made some saves. Players got into shooting lanes. And eventually they got a mistake by the Calgary Flames on their power play. And Zach Hyman uh, took advantage of it. The Edmonton Oilers, when they kill penalties, they do not sit back. If there is a turnover, they're jumping. And Zach Hyman jumping... Turned, uh, turned this series around, possibly. Now the Edmonton Oilers are coming home with home ice advantage. Also tonight, not as many goals in this series. Hurricanes over the Rangers, 2-0. Ranta with the shutout as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and new semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. So 2-0 Canes, they lead the series 2-0. And the Oil Kings 
let a 4-1 third period lead slip away, but Tyler Horseman scores in overtime. Oil Kings 5, Winnipeg Ice 4, and that is game one of the best of seven WHL East Final. That's going to be a fun one to follow, too. We have Abbas on the Certainty Hotline. Abbas, go ahead. Hey, guys. The Oilers finally won. I'm so happy with this team's adversity. Last game was crap, unfortunately, but I'm over it. But I love the smack talk with my friend who was a Calgary Flame fan. He told me, we're going to crush you. I said, no way. If the Oilers can get a sh- two shutouts, at least in this series, I'm picking them in seven. And the refs, I don't know who, what their problem is. I think they need some kind of magnifying glass. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. Thanks, Abbas. Uh, we appreciate you staying up and giving us a call. I, I think Abbas might be out east, so I, I think it's even later for him. But, I mean, I, what did he say? The Oilers gave one loss. I'm over it. That pretty much sums up the... <laughs> The, the playoffs. I mean, look at look at this the series. Look what we've already been through, Rob. Nine games into the <laughs> postseason, and hopefully there are many, many more. I mean, after Game Three in LA, in the LA series, it looked like ah, oh, the Kings can't stop them. And then after Game Five, it looked like here we go again, out in the first round again. So there, there's well, very little game to game momentum. And if mm-hmm. there is, and you're on the wrong side of it, then you, you really don't deserve to continue in the playoffs if you can't bounce yeah, back the, from a loss. Every every game has its own momentum. Nothing nothing that happened tonight will have any effect on the game uh, in Edmonton on Sunday. It just doesn't. Every There's something that's going to happen at some point in each hockey game that changes the way that game goes. And you've got to take advantage of it when it starts to go your way. And if you don't, well, something's going to happen and it's going to flip-flop and the other team's going to have their surge. Um, to me, it's, I, I like what Hyman said when he came out and said, we don't get too high, we don't get too low. I know I get, that's, the, that's the media's job and that's the, the, the fan's job, but as a player, you, you just don't because you, you've been through it before and you know how things can change. You know how, oh yeah, we just lost 9 nothing, but guess what? We get to start next game 0-0. They just reset the clock for us, so it's, it's all good. We can do this. At this point of the season, every team is good. Uh, there's uh, you, you, every game that you walk into, you have the opportunity to win that hockey game. You're down two nothing in the series, all right? You win the next one. Now you're only down one, and I think all teams have that type of attitude now. So when when it feels like the the sky is falling, when you give up nine, it, the, there was no panic in that Oiler dressing room at all. They knew that they didn't play well. They knew that they're capable of winning. They knew they could beat the Calgary Flames on the road, and they came out and did that. Just like right now in the Calgary Flames dressing room, there's zero panic. They feel they can come into Edmonton on Sunday and win that hockey game. That's what set this series up. That's why I was excited about Calgary versus Edmonton because it is two very good hockey clubs with a number of superstar players on both of them playing their best hockey. I couldn't wait to see this series start. And after two games, I can't wait for game three because the two games that we've seen so far, while completely different at times, totally entertaining. Oilers win at 5-3, We have Rob standing by. Hello, Rob. Go ahead. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, it's late. Uh, good pushback by the Oilers tonight, but I do have one concern when you're, Connor McDavid is leading the team in hits. 
Um, I'd like to know what the rest of the players on the team had for hits. Oh, sure, I can tell you. Luckily, I got a handy summary online here. Uh, The Oilers were credited with 27 hits, four of them by McDavid. Kyler Yamamoto also had four. Darnell Nurse had three, and uh, several players had either two or one, and a few guys had zero. So that's the hit summary tonight. Yeah, I think, uh, well, how many Cassian have? Or Archibald. Archibald had two in four and a half minutes of ice time. Cassian had... Two in just over four minutes of ice time. They didn't. They did not play a lot. No. No, I can't. I, they didn't play in the third period. I don't remember when they got their last shift, but they were not noticed. This was a nine and a half forward type of game for the Edmonton Oilers, as yeah. they uh, knew the importance of it, and uh, they didn't like something they saw out of their fourth line early, and their fourth line didn't play or, <laughs> as the game moved on. Yeah, because Ryan played. Ryan played a bit more. He played eight and a half because he kills some yeah, penalties. Fully Yeah, he played. kills a lot of penalties and Pugliarvi takes face eight and off and a half. on yeah. the right side. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the, the call there, but I, I do like that McDavid is hitting. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it, and but and Yamamoto right up there too. He And that, there was that one sequence in the third period, Rob. He was one on four and kept the puck alive. And then he had McDavid coming in on a line change and he almost scored. I mean, that was a that great, was a great shift play. by Yamamoto. A great play and a wonderful save by Markstrom and then was knocked the, the rebound away from Connor McDavid. But, yeah, it, uh, players are stepping up for the Edmonton Oilers, guys that uh, they hoped would find another level playing against a good Calgary Flames team have done that. Yamamoto's been excellent. And the, the, the thing about it too, Reed, Calgary's physical. And the, the, the Oilers players, the players are taking a beating, yet they're getting up and just continuing. And I think that's what toughness is toughness isn't going out and having to fight toughness isn't going out and i'm going to go 100 miles through the boards toughness is taking a hit to make a play toughness is getting the puck out at your blue end and getting the puck in at their blue line uh ragging the puck below the goal line wasting time getting in shooting lanes and what we've seen through uh the playoffs thus far the others do have a tough team when it comes to a lot of those uh different all right, 5-3 the final in favor of Edmonton. The series is tied 1-1. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid and more of your calls. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Keith fired across, Leon Dreisaitl to Connor McDavid, right circle. Checked. Keith back to McDavid, wide open, shoots and scores. Wow. Dragged it around Markstrom's right pad and tucks it home to make it 3-2. McDavid keeping Edmonton in the game. I mean, that is unreal edge work by Connor McDavid. Well, about 30 seconds after Connor McDavid was deemed to be guilty of goal interference and had a Leon Dreisaitl goal taken off the board, he scores one that counts. The Oilers win 5-3 over the Calgary Flames. McDavid now with 20 points in nine playoff games. Here he is. About your team's willingness to stick with it because there's a couple of no-goal calls, some things didn't go your way, but you guys stuck with your game plan throughout. Yeah, I mean, obviously we didn't uh, get the start that we wanted. Didn't make it easy on ourselves, but, uh, you know, obviously responded well. Um, yeah. Speaking of responding well, what about your goaltender, Mike Smith? They played great. Um, you know, making, uh, you know, just a battler. You know, played uh, played great in there, made some big saves. Makes a big play there to, to Leo to spring him there, so... 
you know, a little bit of everything from him tonight. Connor, what did you see on, on your disallowed, Leon's disallowed goal that you were part of? Can you kind of explain maybe what happened there? Yeah, just trying to take the puck to the net. Um, you know, beat my guy and, and uh, just trying to take the puck to the net, I think. You know, there's, I'm trying to get out of the way. Markstrom's kind of coming out at the same time. So, you know, it's, uh, it's the same old story. You know, you never really know, but... Um, you know, they, they deemed it uh, deemed it that way, and that's the way it goes. Can you just extra hungry to kind of get that one back? Because it sure looked like it. I'm always hungry to, to, to make a play, so um, you know, just happy to uh, to give tribute. Can you just transcribe the number of ways in which your team was significantly better on this night compared to game one? Was sort of the, the number of different ways that you guys improved? Yeah, I just thought we battled harder. That was all. Um, it's just. Uh, you know, just work, working, you know, being harder in battles, winning some 50-50 pucks. Um, you know, we didn't win many in game one, so I thought we did a good job of, uh, of that. Obviously, we defended better, I thought. Um, you know, still gave up some chances, but uh, Smitty played well, and that was, yeah. Zach talked about the uh, roller coaster and how you feel so bad when you lose and you feel so great when you win. And you guys haven't gone through this for a while. Now you're nine games in, and you've been up and down this roller coaster already. Are you getting better at it? I don't think you can ride the roller coaster. I mean, it's hard hard not to. Obviously, uh, you know, losses are are no fun, and wins are lots of fun. So, um, you know, but you know, all we did was get a split here, and um, you know, big game three on Sunday. What about, Zach, what about Zach's goal? What was the feeling on the bench like? That was such a big, big goal. Yeah, it was a big goal, a uh, really big goal. Um, you know, special teams uh, is a big part of the series, and uh, you know, got a power play goal and get a shorthanded goal. It's uh, usually a good recipe. After time in the series, how do you feel about your group and maybe the opportunity to present itself heading back out? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the focus is game three, and that's all. You know, you gotta, you can't look too far ahead, and. Um, Big one, game three. Is this why uh, Kent Holland brought Duncan Keith here for a game like tonight? Uh, he's, you know, he brought Duncan Keith here for a, a number of reasons, and um, you know his game was uh, was great tonight. His game's been good all all, all playoffs long, and um, you know, he's huge for us. You know, he's such a, a veteran presence back there. Um, you know, such a big big voice in the room, and you know he uh, you know he's just been great for us. And obviously tonight was uh, was a real good one. Yeah, Duncan Keith finishing with three points tonight. Leon Dreisaitl also had a goal and two assists. He was plus three as uh, the Oilers get the victory 5-3 over the Calgary Flames. 780-496-0063. Rob, this guy only wants to talk to you. It's JP on the line. Go ahead, JP. Rob, take a break. Take the headphone off. I want to talk to Ree. I don't know. <laughs> Ree, what, show, what kind of show are you running? I want to talk to you about you guy. But I want to start off. Let's, first off, I want to talk to Chris. Your phone call about two or three before. He right. Tonight, I want the oiler. Tonight, everyone on the tarmac. I want Connor McDavid acting like Ric Flair. Because he should feel like Ric Flair tonight. He should have a Rolex on. A Rolex. Uh, Armani suit, red carpet out, jet line, limo riding. You know how it be. Because I'll tell you right now, this guy is on a new level. <laughs> he is he is just flying more than I could ever imagine. But let's get down to the brass box, shall we? 
Rob, are you there? I want to talk to you. Yeah, now. no, I, yep. I, I just had a coffee. I'm ready. <laughs> well, you had the coffee. Come on, you know damn well you had Bailey or something in there. You have whiskey like me. Oh, oh, I didn't say it was black. I said I had a coffee. Well, I didn't say what was in it. <laughs> There's about a splash of coffee and about uh, three quarter whiskey. <laughs> but let's get down the brass tacks, Rob. I want your input on this. I personally think Leon is playing the Dowie Flame. I think he, and we're talking wrestling tonight, Rick Flair, we're talking Rick Flair. I think this guy's about to explode. He's feeling juicy, like Kane. We'll say he's feeling juicy. But as a, as one of the greatest players when it comes to score goal, is Leon going to explode here when he come back home to this place, to this location? And I want your input. I, I honestly, I'm big for this. I, I want a one-on-one talk with you. <laughs> well, it, it, it exploded. He's already, I think, got five or six points in this two-game series already. I well, mean, everyone claimed he's playing that, 50%, but I think yeah. he's playing them. I think he had about 90. Just playing them, he's about to explode. Well, he certainly is a difference maker. And it's funny, <laughs> on one bum ankle, he can certainly extend a, a breakaway. He can't be caught. Uh, well, the others, they, they got the two best players in the league. And right now, both of them are playing very, very well. It's hard to handle. Just imagine, you got the two best players playing on the same line, and you're the Calgary Flames saying, all right, okay, I got, we got to take away Connor. Oh, no, Leon's up. Okay, no, let's go cover him. It's tough. And then you throw in Kane, who, who meshes well with them. That line, Daryl Sutter doesn't really talk or care about matching lines. And I think that might have to change because you can't get caught out with anything but your best against Connor and Leon right now. Because if you do, you see what happened tonight. They take control of the game. All right, we have Greg calling in. Greg, go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Oh, it's goalie guy, Greg, eh? Yeah, so I got some goalie stats for you tonight, boy. Good. They were way better than last game. That's all I got. So, uh, but, uh, no, <laughs> that, that being said, though, I do have a couple questions for you guys, too. Uh, um, um like the the McDavid goal that was or the sorry the dry center goal that was called back um, for goal interference and the high stick that Yamamoto got. Um, I know people are crapping all over the refs and stuff like that and like call the book, call the book, call the book. But at some point, like uh, like uh, I, the hockey plays need to be hockey plays, and I don't think either of those uh, the goal or the high stick should have been called because one guy's tangled up with another guy and. And and they don't, you know, um, you know, you can't really help that. No, those um, th- th- those are obvious both, calls. Like yeah, you have to be in control of right. your stick. And that was like, would you want Mike Smith to have been knocked by a Flames player cutting into the crease? Very yeah, true. Both of them were the right plays, the right calls. And then the other thing that I that I, the question I have for you too is, uh, um, there was a couple of headshots, like the door off on. On uh, Nurse and Kachuk with the double, but but that's not that's not not my question. Um, my question for you guys is um, what when when do we draw the line at at headshots? Like if it's if it's an upper body shot or clearly headshot or or whatever. When 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 does that become something the league needs to get out of this this game? Well, they're, yes, uh, they're, uh, they're, Greg, they're they're trying. I mean. Players get suspended if the initial point of contact is the head. 
then that's usually how they go if it's if it's incidental contact or if there's shoulder contact and then maybe you know the head gets jostled that's less likely to be suspended um, well read in the Darnell last series, nurse was suspended yeah. yep what for one game for, in, in a very very important game the nhl didn't say all right well it's an important game we're, we're just fine him it was a headshot uh, tonight's game was uh was not near as nasty it was the penalties that were called were all you know lesser infractions oh a lot of them were penalties but it wasn't the nastiness that we saw last game and any of the headshots tonight were more so of the rubbing of the helmet there was no vicious headshots in this hockey game. i think the nhl is trying to do a better job with headshots and they have over a number of years and it's incumbent upon the players to, to follow the the rules this is it this is a completely different league than it was 15 years ago 20 years ago 30 years ago watch the headshots back then guys careers ended uh, years and years ago because of the things that was al- that were allowed to happen it's nothing like or that anymore this is a much even, you know yeah oh absolutely it was and it was intentional you went out to try and you know knock the guy's head off you seriously you wanted the guy's eyes to be rolling back in his head and, and you go to the bench and guys would joke about it on the on the bench this the NHL is a is clean a league as it's ever been and that's why the star players are having the seasons that they're having because they have the freedom to do it without fear. We have Gordon on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Hey, Gordon, go ahead. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. First of all, I'm going to say I'm calling all the way from Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada, baby. Is it, it 4 a.m.? It is, it is 4 a.m., but wow. we're staying up to watch the Oilers. That's, that's pretty cool. Good for you. What's for breakfast? No, I don't know what's for breakfast yet because we haven't even gone to bed yet. <laughs> First of all, I'm going to say I grew up a huge Wayne Gretzky fan, always been an Oilers fan, always. 99 has always been the man, but you know what? I have never seen a player play like 97. There is nobody in this league that starts and stops and carries the puck like Connor McDavid. Nobody. Yeah. Absolutely. He 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 is he is he is amazing. Tonight, Dreisaitl looked way better than he did in Game One. I I thought Dreisaitl he was he was a little bit slower on the start and stops in Game One. Tonight he looked a lot better. Even you know what he's going to say he was all right, but I thought he looked pretty good tonight. And Game One, I'm going to say, brought me back to the '80s. Definitely nine <laughs> six. Definitely an '80s kind of NHL kind of playoff game. But tonight. The Oilers locked it down, and I love it. I love it. And to any Leafs fans out there that say they don't miss Zach Hyman, you're lying to me. Zach Hyman is the man. And I said this last offseason, the Oilers got to go out and get Zach Hyman, and they did, and I was excited. Yeah, he played great. I I love him as a player, seriously. He is is the everyday man player. Uh, Other than being a player... Zach Hyman is a great human being. I, mm-hmm. I've seen what he's done with Ben off the ice, and that guy knows what it takes, and he knows what to do on and off the ice. And that guy, for any young person that's watching hockey, you take a look at Zach Hyman, and you do what he does on and off the ice, and you will be really good. Because that 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 guy he he knows how to get it done on and off the ice, and I lo- I love Zach Hyman. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love that guy. He's an interesting story, as people know by now. I'm sure he's published children's books. I think two or three as an author. So he's an, a, a diverse and 
interesting guy. And yes, and, yeah, and you know what? That, that 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 surprised us too. Is that the, to find out that he actually wrote children's books, but to see him interact with Ben, to me, like in L.A. when he was asking if he's been to Disneyland, if he's met Goofy. How could you not love that guy? And that guy throws a hundred and twenty percent every shift he plays. Yeah, yeah, well that, said. That, he, well he, said has been, he has been very, very good in this playoff series. And you know what? Like Connor McDavid aside, I think Con- I, I, I honestly, I think Zach Hyman has been their best player all around. I, I think he's been fantastic. Okay, right on, Gordon. We appreciate it. Hyman with the game winner. Short-handed tonight in the third period. Oilers beat the Flames 5-3. Back for a few more of your comments. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. McDavid's got it. Short side to Dryson. Just outside the right circle. Under pressure, he'll just sift it down low. Kane sets the screen for McDavid. Gets around Anderson in front. Shoots and scores. Duncan Keith with the goal. His first playoff goal. Since he was a member of the Chicago Blackhawks dating back to April 2016. And the Oilers have cut the lead in half. It's 2-1 Calgary in game two. Well, that got the Oilers going after another tough start. They wind up winning 5-3 in Calgary. McDavid just so strong behind the net, Rob. The one-handed pass out to Keith. And Rasmus Anderson actually was complaining that he thought McDavid fouled him on the play in the process of making the pass. Well, we see this a lot, and I've talked about it with McDavid going through the neutral zone. He pulls you. He pulls you in. And and that's how he gets a lot of calls through the neutral zone because he pulls you in, and then he puts his arm around you, and all of a sudden you're stuck grabbing him. And that's what happened on that play. He just pulled Anderson in towards him. It's a smart play, but it it completely – the refs can't see it. The defender is at the mercy of Connor at that point because – yeah, he's being held, and the only way he can get away from it is holding Connor himself. I, everyone talks about Connor McDavid's speed, and it is world class. And then the next thing to talk about it, that his brain goes as fast as his feet, which most players it doesn't. Uh, the brain usually slows down when the feet go faster. Not a lot of people talk about his strength, and I think that is another key that he has. Is he doesn't get knocked down. So when you're all over him, he's going full speed. He's looking around to make plays and he's absorbing any punishment. And the one goal he scored tonight, the the, the one to Keith was the nice play where he was able to fend off Anderson and make the one-handed pass. But the other goal he scored, Zadorov came and tried to run him. And Zadorov is a monster. He's a big, big man. And Zadorov goes down. That allowed... Keith to give the puck back to McDavid when he went in and made the pretty little deke and scored on Markstrom, but it was his strength to absorbing a hit from uh, Zadorov who who falls on the play. So uh, McDavid, it's hard to find new words to describe him, and uh, especially when you you only got your your one year of the University of the College of Caribou. So it's really hard finding different things to say about Connor, but he's taken it to a level that. I think even surprises a lot of the people that follow him because, you know, okay, Connor's going to be great tonight, but oh my goodness, like, did you see how he played? Did you see him do that? He's, he, I think what sets him apart outside of his skill, and this is what we hear from a lot of different players when they talk about him, is his drive. He doesn't want to rest on the fact that he's the best player in the world. He, wanna be, he wants to be the best player in the world by this much and be the championship. He wants to be the Stanley Cup guy. He wants, he wants it all. And he won't, 
He does not take a moment off or a shift off or a game off or a period off or a practice off because he wants to be the greatest. And that's what sets him apart from most players. 5-3, the Oilers take it. We will welcome Chad. Hello, Chad. Go ahead. How's it going tonight, boys? Good. Hey, just I, I had one comment a, a while back about Connor's hitting tonight. Leaders lead by example. Every coach in the league wants a guy who will go out there and do everything. He creates his own space by chasing guys down and, and putting the body to him like he did tonight. He didn't throw muffins. That guy was hitting hard and big guys. And doing that creates his own space. No, you're absolutely right. It, he, he, he's a quiet man from what we see. I don't know what he's like in the dressing room, but he does lead by example. And it's hard to be a leader and tell somebody, okay, you've got to do this. You got to, you got to block that shot. You got to get in that lane. You got to be physical if you don't do it yourself. And if you go out there, if your best player and the best player in the world is getting into shooting lanes, leading your team in hits, uh, taking a hit to make a play, it's really hard for any other player not to do it as well. And the best teams and the teams that are championships, all championship teams always have the best leaders and the, the players follow. And that's what you're seeing right now in the games where the Oilers have fallen behind in this series. Connor McDavid has dragged them back into the fight and the rest of the team just follows along. Yeah, and you've made a point too, Rob, about physicality and players who, you know, sticking up for yourself. And that's part of it. And the Oilers want to do that. But you've said the the star players, they don't, well, somebody touched me, somebody go do something about it. I mean, they're hockey yeah. players too. Just because their, their skill is higher than others doesn't mean, well, I don't want to play that part of the game. I mean, part of being a good hockey player is hitting and getting hit. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's in his blocking shots and it's getting the shooting lanes. It's getting the puck out of, uh, on the blue line. I mean, just because you are a star and skilled and can score doesn't mean you're exempt from doing all the other things that make teams successful. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the two-time defending champions. And I watched the game last night and Steven Stamkos in the same shift blocked two shots, had to go to the dressing room. It looked like his hand was broken and then came back out and blocked a shot the next shift. He's a leader. He's a goal scorer. But if he does it, everyone has to follow. And with Connor McDavid, the physicality, it's I, I've had coaches that have talked about, well, you know what, that guy there is a 50-goal scorer. He's going out there hitting. You should be embarrassed that you're not doing it too. And I don't think Connor McDavid's trying to embarrass his teammates, but he's trying to say, all right, we got guys on this team that your role is to be physical. And if I can be physical, if Leon can be physical, if Zach Hyman, the guys that are counted on to be the offensive players, if they can go out there and, and throw hits and take hits, well, then there's no one on the team that can shy away from taking a hit to make a play. There's no one on the team that can turn away from an opportunity to finish a check because the, the guy that scored 120 points is doing it. The guy that scored 55 goals is doing it. So you better do it too. Just was double check. Interesting. McDavid played 21 30. Nugent Hopkins wound up playing 24 33. All the special teams time. Dreisaitl at 23 08. Uh, Nurse at 23 13. Actually, Nugent led the team. Usually well, it's a yeah. defenseman. But there were so many power plays and so many penalty kills, and he is such a big part of both of those. And tonight they gave him his own line to run, and I thought that line was very good. I thought Nugent Hopkins' line. Uh, was a, a positive influence in this hockey game. Okay, we also have Adam standing by. Hey, Adam, go ahead. Boys, how's it going? Good. 
I was the guy that uh, got the Duncan Keith trade. Yeah, I remember you so, for sure. Yeah, you've uh, called right. my show a couple other times. Yeah, there we go. So um, I just want um, Rob's opinion on um, – I've been to every Stanley Cup final and Western Cup final from 2010, 13, and 15. And I've seen the puck go from the left side or um, sort of from the right side to the left side. See birth to Keith. For all those years. Now mm-hmm. I'm seeing the puck go from the left side to the right side. Keith to Bouchard. Now, I just want Rob's opinion on what Duncan Keith has really mean to this team for the whole year. And 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 like like Bob Stoffer, your guys' buddy said, Bob wanted Keith and Bouchard from day one. Yeah, that's Rob. Go ahead. Well, I, I think, and we talked about it earlier in the show tonight. The Oilers wanted some veteran savvy. They wanted a guy that's been there before. And I, I, I tell a story that when I played in Pittsburgh, we had the at that point the best player in the world in Mario, and we had a ton of talent. Um, but they went out and got Brian Trache, who was he was at the end of his career, but he had won before. And he understood the importance of the little things. He understood, He knew that never to get too high, too low. If things went sideways, he was there to just talk. And he didn't come in to be the leader of the team, but he came in there to guide the leaders. And I think that's what they got with Duncan Keith. They got a guy that's, I mean, there, there's nothing that this, that's going to happen in a hockey game or in a series or in a season that Duncan Keith hasn't seen. So when things go sideways, he can talk. And he doesn't have to be the leader of this team but he can help guide the leaders. And I think that's what they brought him in. The on-ice, they, they knew that he wasn't the same player, but he was good enough. And the intangibles that he brought off the ice are the reason that uh, the Edmonton Oilers brought him in. They needed someone in the back end that has been there before that can help be a mentor to the younger players that you can lean on. And he's been everything uh, everything that you could ever imagine. All right, we also have Mitch standing by. Good morning, Mitch. Go ahead. I, you guys remember me from calling in like two nights ago. Oh, I remember you very well. Yes, I did. <laughs> I remember you very well. I guess anyway, they didn't play Nima eh? Yeah, I'm going to call it and, and call a spade a spade. Yeah, you guys are right. I was wrong. And uh, But I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that everything I said was wrong. I mean, like I, the point I was trying to make before uh, I got cut off by my connection was, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to go back in time, but, I mean, Chris Russell had five minutes and 20 seconds, right, or something like that. Yeah, he did not play a lot. Yeah, and so all I was trying to say is if at five minutes and 20 seconds, then maybe we bring in a guy like Neiman Lyon and whatever. And at that time, like maybe something we could do, like with that you know what I mean? Like he could do something yeah. in five minutes. Ne- Niemelainen will yeah. not see Niemelainen will not see a hockey game in the NHL playoffs this year. Not even close. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Holloway, Holloway might. You never know. Holloway might. Broberg, Broberg might. Exactly. Depending on injuries. And, and that's on all stuff. I'm trying to say is like at, at five minutes and twenty seconds. Like why not get if if you're only going to play a veteran defenseman like Chris Russell five minutes and twenty seconds. Like we have people in our lineup that we could try. Is but the, 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 prob- the reason that Russell didn't play as much is they were chasing that game the whole night. If it was the other way around, if the others had a, a two-goal lead or a three-goal lead, Russell would have played more in that hockey game. Yeah, Mitch. Um, 
But to me, there's certain players that are going to come in and out of the lineup. It's a long stretch. This is a two-month stretch in the playoffs. But Nima Linen's not one of those players. Uh, Chris Russell, he'll be in the he'll be in again at some point in the playoffs. He'll play. But uh, they 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 the ebb and flow of each hockey game dictates the players on the bench what they're going to play tonight. There was no Cassian. Pulyarvi only played eight minutes. Um, uh, Archibald, who at times in the first series was excellent, he only played four minutes. The game, the way the game is going, dictates how the coaching staff uses his players. Yeah, and Mitch, when, when I said that stuff the other night, that wasn't all directed at you because, oddly enough, around when you were saying that, I saw a tweet and somebody was saying, you got to put Skinner in net, play Broberg, play Nima Linen, play Malone, play Holloway. And I'm looking at that, I'm like, this guy's changing a quarter of the lineup for a team that <laughs> toughed out a seven. Like, you know, I know it's, it's emotional I, stuff. I just, but... I just wanted to call in and say you guys are right. I was wrong. Oh, and... no, it's fine. It's 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 all good. I mean, we we talk, Rob and I are wrong. Well, not Rob, me. We're wrong plenty <laughs> well, of times. My wife well. says I'm wrong the, a lot. So you're, you're, Rob, you're, you're, I don't know your if point... you remember me, though. Rob, you coached me in St. Albert way back in the day and uh, when I was at um, – uh, Harry Ainley or, or in like St. Albert at Service Place. I remember. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, long, wow. long time ago. That's incredible. You okay. must be a yeah. really, really good hockey player. Probably <laughs> no, did magic terrible. on you. That <laughs> was awful. But okay. here we are. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Mitch. We appreciate it. Tell you what, uh, we got to get in a break here. We, we appreciate everybody calling, so we're going to just try and get in a few more. Uh, it is 119 a.m. Oilers of 153. Back in a couple of minutes, Heartland Ford overtime open line and the Oilers have a shorthanded breakaway Zach Hyman for the lead shoots and scores Edmonton four Calgary three tries on a breakaway behind the door shoots and scores back-to-back breakaways dry settle from Mike Smith and it's five three for the Oilers in game two and that would be the final Hyman and dry settle on breakaways in the third period 222 apart to give the Oilers control of the game, and the series is tied 1-1. I should also mention a report tonight that, uh, well, I guess came up before the game, that Miko Koskinen has already agreed to a contract to play in the Swiss League next season. I mean, his contract with the Oilers doesn't expire until uh, the end of June, Rob, but the European leagues uh, often make deals with players prior to that, so I guess we'll see how that goes. It doesn't overly surprise me. I, no, I don't... Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, he wasn't going to be back with the Oilers. And it, it, I understand that they have to make sign, do the signings before the Oilers or the NHL playoffs are over. It just sucks when they announce things like that when the player is still playing for this team. But it doesn't affect the Oilers this year, and it'll be good for him finding a, a spot to play for him to play next year. Uh, I, You know, from talking to a lot of Golden Bears players over the years and some of them have gone to play in Europe after they've finished at, at U Sports. And I can't remember who it was, Rob, but it was at least one player. He he was in the league final, and he had already signed a contract for the next season with the team that they were playing in the final because you can yep. negotiate like that. There's no, like, limit. I know it is a little bit silly, yes, but uh, uh, good for Costigan. He's come over. He wanted to have a chance to play in the National Hockey League. He's had... A roller coaster t- at times, but he has had some success over here, and now he's going to go back to Europe and finish his career probably over there, and hopefully with after a long playoff run with the Edmonton Oilers. 
Okay, we'll squeeze in a few more calls here. We have Will standing by. Go ahead, Will. Hey, how's it going, gentlemen? Good. Good morning. <laughs> I just wanted to say about uh, Kulak. Um, after seeing him get a elbow to the face early on in the game, I thought, oh, my God, this is the way the game is going to go. But he's like steady Eddie. Didn't retaliate, didn't anything. He did his job. I was very, very impressed with him. Well, I think that sums up Brett Kulak, Rob. He goes out there and he does his job. Yep. No, he's... Uh, Craig McTavish talked about it when the Oilers traded for him, that he loved the addition. And I think we as Oilers fans have got to see how important he's become to this to this team. And and, uh, and I think, you know, the caller just talked about he, he didn't retaliate. Well, yeah, this is that time of year. You take a punch in the face. You do whatever you have to do to help your team cross the finish line with a victory. And Kulak has been excellent ever since he came to the Edmonton Oilers. Sir Robert calling in as well. Hey, Sir Robert, go ahead. Sir Robert, do we have you, buddy? I think so. You got me? Okay, we got you now. Go ahead. Well, I mean, first off, uh, well, I mean, uh, uh, first off, I'll say this. I mean, personally, making all those changes to the lineup in the playoffs, to me, Number one, that's it. Number one, if all those guys are playing, then th- then things that things have gone horribly sideways for one thing. And number two, in my opinion, you're set. You're sending a message that you're that you're telling the players that that had an off game, if you want to call it that. Well, well, you know, you weren't good enough, so now we're now we're going, you know, so now we're going to put all these rookies in, and we're we're just going to expect them to do it. No, that's to me, that's. That's not uh, that's not a good move. And now on the game, quick, you know what? I got to be honest. When they fell behind two nothing, I said, "Uh oh, here we go." But you know what? I did. You know what? I like the I like the way the team battled and stuck with it. McDavid put the team on his back, and then Hyman, Hyman, the, that 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 shorthanded goal by Hyman. I know that that only put us up by one, but I said to myself after that, "Yeah, you know what? They got it because." They have the lead after a poor start. They're going to find a way. They're going to lock this down. So you know what? I like where we are. 1-1 coming home for game three. Okay. Appreciate it. And we also have Brian calling in tonight. Brian, you're on with Robin Reed. Good morning, gentlemen. First off, from all the fans that are listening to you, uh, I, I think I speak uh, for all of them that we thank you for listening to us and talking to us and uh, respect your uh, your words of wisdom. With, uh, with Connor right now, uh, 20 points after nine games. Wayne, uh, Wayne Gretzky's record is 47. Hypothetically, uh, if they were to make it to the finals, do you feel Connor would break that record? Oh, well... He's capable of getting two points, or you know, two points per game. Well, how about we say it this we know way? That. How about we do it this way? If Connor breaks the record, the Oilers will be in the finals. Well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So let's go that way. And let's and let's hope. Let's hope. We got our fingers crossed. That one comes true. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Have a great uh, rest of the night. Okay. Well, Rob, so here we go. Uh, There will probably be some sort of optional skate tomorrow afternoon, which I assume would be 
lightly attended, especially by the players who played a lot. And then uh, we go on Sunday. Can you believe the game is going to start at 6 p.m.? What are we going to do with ourselves? Well, it, it, you know what's so funny right now is uh, the Oilers' next game is tomorrow. Yes, That's it is. That's how late this game was tonight. I, you know what? I'm writing a letter to the NHL. This is just silly. 8.30 or 8.45 starts are silly. I am looking forward to a normal time. I am sure the players are looking forward to a normal time. Bar owners, fans, and it's going to be fun, Reed. This is the best time of year as a hockey fan, even more so when your home team is playing well, and the Edmonton Oilers right now are coming home playing very, very well. Okay, get more on this game, more on the team on 630ched.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell. She's our studio producer this evening and into the morning. So the game broadcast Sunday, it's a 4 p.m. face-off show. The puck will drop at 6, game 3, between the Oilers and the Flames. The series is now tied 1-1 after a 5-3 Oilers victory tonight. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Sleep well.